All right, help me out a little bit. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... What? Words will never hurt me. We all know that saying, and we all know that it's not true. Sticks and stones may leave bruises and may leave physical evidence of of brokenness, but words can also be deeply wounding. Words can break us as well, and often in ways that remain hidden and and linger long after the, the bruising of sticks and stones may have healed. It's also true that words can heal and give life. A word of hope, a word of encouragement, a word of forgiveness, a word of love, a word of gratitude. I suspect that most of us can remember a time in which we were wounded by someone else's words. And I also suspect that most of us can remember a time when someone else's words were healing for us or comforting for us or provided hope for us. Think about how those feel so differently when words wound us and when words help heal us. And I wonder how aware we are of the impact of our own words. How aware are you of the power of your words? Are your words mostly words that are filled with life and love and hope and encouragement? Or are your words filled mostly with hurt and pain and discouragement? The question in the bulletin asks that same thing, and and then whatever your answer is asks you to ask those closest to you whether your assessment is correct. Sometimes we're just not even aware of the impact of our words, that there's power in words. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that you would open our ears to hear your word to us tonight and open our hearts to receive your word, speaking truth and life and love into the very core of our being, that it would transform us. And we pray that the words of my mouth, the words of all of our mouths, and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. The beginning of Scripture in Genesis 1, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. This is just the opening part of This story of creation in which God speaks and something happens and it is good. If you read through the rest of Genesis 1, it'll say, And God said, Let there be whatever it is. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. Out of God speaking, we have sea and sky and land. We have vegetation and we have animals and we have earth and moon and stars and sun. We have humankind. Out of God speaking, 
all of this is created, and it is all very good. Throughout the rest of Scripture, God speaks to and through people. God speaks in and through nature and creation. God speaks in and through circumstances and actions. And ultimately for us, God speaks to us in Jesus. The Gospel of John begins this way. In the beginning was the word. And this word for word here is logos. And it means the design or the, the blueprint. It is sort of the, the big picture of how life is. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. God speaks the word to us in Jesus, the word, the logos, the the blueprint, the design, God's life made flesh for us, that we might hear and know God's word. God speaks and there is power in God's words. There is power in the word made flesh. God speaks and gives us words. Pastor Jessica introduced us to uh, this book called When God Gave Us Words. She introduced it to us about a month ago, and really we believed that it was ideal uh, to offer to you. Uh, The illustrations are great. I have this if you want to look at it afterwards or if you want to look it up on your own. Uh, I have the slides. I don't know how well you can see them, but we're going to give it a try. When God Gave Us Words. One day, God decided to give words to man and woman. But the angels objected. People will not know what to do with words. Words should belong only to angels. But God said, perhaps people will make something beautiful with words. Nothing could be more wonderful than what we do with words, the angels insisted. People will just mess them up. But God was intent on hearing words from the mouths of men and women. So God filled the angels' sacks with words and sent the angels to earth to spread the words. In some sacks, God put long, difficult words like omniscience and anti-disestablishmentarianism. The angels frowned. People will never understand the meaning of these words. And it was so. Because of the long, difficult words, dictionaries were created. In other sacks, God put silly words like gibberish, goop, and gosh. In one sack, God placed all the words that were hard to spell, like hors d'oeuvres. People will never know how to spell those words, said the angels. And it was so. Because of hard-to-spell words, God created spelling lists. Then God sent the angels to put words into the mouths of all the people. The angels did as God commanded. When the angels returned from spreading the words, they sat down with God and listened. 
It took some time for people to get accustomed to using words. Slowly they let each word form in their mouths. Carefully they added one to another to another until they made sentences. When they got used to the words, they talked and talked and talked until the angel shouted, enough! But God wanted to hear more. Then people twisted and turned words and made lies. They rolled words in the wet earth until they were covered with mud and created curses. People mixed words with sharp thorns and gossip was born. The angels shouted, stop. What a mess people are making with our words. And God regretted giving words to man and woman. God was about to send the angels to earth to take back all the words When God heard a new sound, people stirred soft music into words and sang lullabies. Words were mixed with dance and poetry was born. People joined laughter to words and told jokes. The angel smiled and said to God, some of these jokes are very funny, and some are just silly. And it was so. For the silly jokes, God created groans, and for the truly funny jokes, God just laughed. People mixed words with midnight and wrote mysteries. When the angels listened to the mysteries, their wings trembled. People wove longing, thanksgiving, and hope into words and offered prayer. Imagination and words were joined together, and then there were stories. The angels listened and were enchanted. God asked the angels if they still wanted to gather all the words and bring them back to the heavens. The angels remembered the lies and the curses and the gossip that people had made with words. Nevertheless, the angels did not want to take back the words. They loved the songs and poetry that people had created. They giggled at the jokes and cried during prayers. We must hear the end of the stories the people are telling, the angels pleaded. And it was so. People were allowed to keep the gift of words for the sake of stories. People were allowed to keep the gift of words for the sake of stories. I wonder what stories we are telling with our words as individuals, as families, as communities, as Bethany as the United Methodist Church, as a nation, as a world. And not just our words, but the tone we use and the posture we take and the attitude that we convey. 
I wonder if our stories are more filled with words rolled in wet earth, covered with mud and mixed with sharp thorns, or are they more filled with music and dance and laughter and and midnight and longing and thanksgiving and hope and imagination? I think sometimes it's hard for us to know, actually. I think sometimes our intent is good, but our delivery is lousy. And sometimes our delivery is eloquent, but our intent is harsh and cruel. It seems that we've given in to using words as weapons of offense and of defense, and we're quick to attack or or defend whenever we perceive a threat to ourselves or our well-being. Whether the threat is real or not, we are quick to use words to defend ourselves. We've allowed words and rhetoric, all kinds of rhetoric, political and theological and ideological and social and uncultural, we've allowed words and rhetoric to take precedence over hearts and lives. And it seems to me that a lot of our words recently have been used to draw hard lines and build barriers that keep us divided rather than drawing lines to connect us to one another. Rather than using words to build bridges to help us find our way to one another and and to God, we seem to be using our words more carelessly than carefully. And social media here does us no favors. Because when we have a reaction, all we have to do is get on our phone and post something to Twitter or to Facebook or to Instagram that we might not be willing to say in person. But we can put it out in the universe, and it's the words that we're offering that are telling the stories that reveal our hearts. And I wonder, I wonder how God feels about our words. James reminds us, a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. I think the only grace in this is that in Christ, we are new creations. In Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this doesn't have to be how we live. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can control what we say and where we say it. In Jesus, the word 
made flesh, the blueprint and design for our lives, we're no longer bound to this old self. We're no longer slaves to our fallen nature. Our hearts and our lives are transformed. We're renewed and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live new, to live in Christ. Paul reminds us in Ephesians, you were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lust, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God. As God's beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God. Remember what God does in the very beginning? God speaks and the whole world is created and it is very good. Be imitators of God. Live in love as Christ loved us. Jesus, the word made flesh, who was in the beginning with God. And remember, in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. Life and light, that seems to be a pretty good goal for our words that we use. Life that is stronger than death. Light that dispels darkness. Life that gives hope and light that illuminates the path, words that build up and words that give grace. Have you ever considered whether your words give grace? This doesn't mean, friends, that we, that we don't say hard things or that we don't have difficult conversations. It doesn't mean that we agree on everything but we can say hard things and we can have difficult conversations and we can disagree with one another without demeaning one another, without tearing one another down, without mean-spiritedness and bitterness, without rolling our words in the wet earth and mixing them with sharp thorns. It does mean that we have to choose to clothe ourselves differently than the world. We have to clothe ourselves with Christ. We have to clothe ourselves with humility and with kindness and with forgiveness. We have to be willing to surrender our will to God's will and our desires to God's desires. We have to be willing to to change our hunger for power and position and for being right to a hunger for righteousness 
which is right relationship with God and with one another. And a hunger for peace, that shalom, that, that peace that is a wholeness for who we are as individuals and who we are as the body of Christ. We are members of one another. We have to choose, friends, to be more like Christ, have a hunger to be more like Christ. And the world around us makes that really hard. Y'all, we can't control someone else's words. We can only control our own. Although I will tell you that I've been trying to control my boys' words just this week, working on that, right? We can't control what someone else says. We can only control what we say. And that's really where our power is. And our power, that power comes only by the Holy Spirit in us. God speaking life and life and light and love into the very core of who we are, body, mind, soul, and spirit. God speaking truth about who we are as God's beloved children. God speaking truth to us in Christ that we are heirs with Christ. The kingdom of God is ours. God speaking life and light and love reminding us that we are new creations. This is our story. The story that God writes for us is about God's life and light and love spoken into us that we might be new, no longer slaves to fear. We are clothed in righteousness. And when we can hear and receive the word of God spoken into us, then our words can give grace. And we don't have to use our words to defend ourselves or to define our position. Our words can contribute to the story of God's love and grace for all people, for all creation, for all the world. Our words can build one another up and give grace and be pleasing to God. People were allowed to keep the gift of words for the sake of stories. I wonder what your story looks like and sounds like. And I wonder what stories we are telling with the words that we are using. With our families, with one another, with our community, with the world. There's power in words. There's power in words. They can wound or they can heal. God gave us words. I wonder what stories we're going to tell with them. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that you have given us words, mostly for the greatest gift of the word made flesh, for Jesus, who helps us know the power of living for something beyond ourselves, who shows us a way of being a servant and of living with humility and kindness and of 
offering words to build one another up and to give grace with whomever you put in our path. Lord, help us. Help us as a people who are quick to use words as weapons to lay the weapons down and use words instead for reconciliation and for building up of one another, for actually knowing one another's hearts and lives and reminding one another of how you speak life and light and love into us so that we might speak life and light and love into the world. Forgive us for the ways we use our words to wound one another. Give us grace to use our words to provide healing instead. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.